What's up, guys? It's Friday, October 23rd, 2020, and this is another edition of a FritzCast. And as you can see, we just had a new opening video that I've compiled together, you know, to, to up the ante to make this a little more dramatic and all that stuff. So, you know, hey, last week it was new lights. This week it's a new intro, and uh, check that out. Look at that. Hey. Look at that little uh, lower third there. Now, I don't know if I'm going to keep it up for the whole video or if I'm going to do stuff like, uh, I don't know, make it disappear, make it come back, make it disappear, make it come back. I don't know. It looks pretty funky, though, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's basic, but, uh, you know, touches up, spices up things a little bit. I, you know, I like it. I like it. I like it. So, uh, if you didn't tune in last week, we had a great, great interview with uh, my state senator, my state district senator, Anthony Del Colo, great interview, and I, I, I urge you to go back and watch it because uh, me and him talked a really long time about uh, his campaign, uh, his style of uh, legislating, of, of being a state senator, um, and some of the more local issues of Delaware, which which become of growing importance to me. You know, I, I come talking on this podcast week after week about national politics, but then I'm kind of hypocritical. When I do that, because I always talk about libertarianism in building up, uh, you know, local elections, build up something local and small and work your way up to the top. You know, it's, it's kind of foolhardy to, to think that you can go for the biggest office in the land as a third party and, and really bring about the change that you want to see from the top down when really it's the bottom up and building up you know, these things. And, uh, it's actually something, uh, I'm tentatively scheduled to have a guest next week. Uh, Todd Hagopian, he was the very first interview that I ever conducted on Fritzcast, uh, months ago, back in December, I believe it was of last year. Um, so having him on again, and he's running for the uh, Oklahoma Corporation Commission, uh, seat. So I'm bringing him on to talk about his campaign a little bit, talk about the state of libertarian politics and how things are going. Uh, so that's going to be another great interview coming up. But it, it goes back, it harkens back to what I was saying. Um, uh, a lot of times, libertarians, it seems, ignore the local elections, but maybe that's changed a little bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, I, I normally open and tell you about my past week, so... You know, why not do that? Uh, I, I've skipped it the last couple of times because of guests. And when I have guests on, I, I really want the show to be about the guest and our conversation. So, you know, within this past week, uh, you know, not too much is going on uh, on top. I mean, aside from, you know, political debates <laughs> that are going on. Uh, I did finish watching uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden in their second and final debate uh, for this year. Uh, for the uh, for the presidential race, which uh, was was miles different from from the first, uh, the first one was such an ugly show. It really was. Uh, I think a lot of people walked away from that debate thinking um, very feeling very deprived and disparaged of our political system. Uh, I really think that people left that one thinking like, you know what, even even the people who support Biden, I think the people walked away from that debate thinking that, you know, something has got to change in our political uh, play, in our political spectrum. Something has to change because 
that was just, it's not who we are. It's not America. It's not who we are. We need to be better people. And unfortunately, we're not, at this point, at this juncture, we're still not electing the better individuals. This this year, it's under the guise of too much is at stake. That's that's what you hear from from the Joe Biden campaign and people who are voting for Joe Biden. It's not nobody's enthusiastically in in my view of things that I, that I've seen in talking with people, nobody's enthusiastically voting for Joe Biden, but they're doing what they feel they have to do to get rid of Trump. They think that Trump is is a huge problem uh, in our political spectrum. And uh I mean, unfortunately, it's not just the presidential race that that exhibits these problems. These problems constantly rear their head um, around. But I do want to show you something. Let's go to uh, the Chrome split window. I saw this ad today, a very, very interesting ad uh, that I think deserves our attention. And some of you looking at it right now might might already think or might might already know what it is. Uh, but it was posted by Spencer Cox, who is, um, I think, running for governor. He might be the present governor of Utah. One, but they're both candidates running for the uh, governor of Utah. And uh, so it's Spencer Cox and uh, Peterson for Utah, Chris Peterson, Democratic candidate. And Spencer Cox is a Utah lieutenant governor presently. Take a look at this ad and tell me um, if you think this is lacking in our political dialogue across America right now. I'm Chris Peterson, and I'm Spencer Cox. We are currently in a ground based campaign against each other for your next governor. And while I think this is good for you, it really needs to look at this. Spencer Cox says we both agree. We can debate issues without degrading each other's character. We can disagree without hating each other. And when we're winning in Utah, we work together. So let's show the country that there's a better way. My name's Chris Peterson, and I'm Spencer Cox, and we are for this America. I'm Chris Peterson, and I'm... And now I can't tell if that was actually captured by my audio. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it was. Because it I, I, it was a very important ad, um, I think that uh, that needs to be paid attention to, and uh, I think that we don't see enough of that in our. I, I really don't think we see enough of that in our political spectrum right now. I don't think we see enough respect. I think we see a lot of let's be negative. Let's uh, let's find the character flaws in the individual. Let's attack them. Let's be negative. Let's fling the poo, as it were, and leave it at that, you know? Like, you know, yeah, we're flinging poo. Who really cares? Um, that, is, is that what has to be done time and time again? I, I, really, I really don't think that we should be acting this way. Uh, I really don't. Um, it's sad to say that I can see this Sometimes it's top down, as Anthony Del Colo said last week, on a on a statewide local level, it's probably to a lesser degree, but I wouldn't be surprised to find it there. It's just like how I keep getting letters in the mail from different packs 
uh, about my local races. And if there's one thing that I hate, uh, I hate, for, for instance, maybe per, perhaps a union that uh, I'm involved in. Perhaps I hate them sending me out um, what I call campaign junk about who I should vote for. Uh, really don't like it. Um, vehemently opposed to it, in fact. Uh, but it happens nonetheless. And, and then you get the ads. Seeing this ad was like, a stark contrast. Like after I watched this ad, I said, "Wow!" And then what's sad is that it shouldn't come to this. It shouldn't. It shouldn't really. We shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't have to have ads like this. But after I see an ad like that, I think, "Wow, these guys got a lot of balls." Because most other places, you ain't gonna see that. Like it's crazy to me that seeing something like that is rare. And then to to read some of the comments on it. There, obviously, there's people who uh, who are happy to see this. Let's just go back so I can read you some of these comments so you can see them for yourself. You know, um, Pantsuit Politics, which is a, a podcast that I enjoy listening to for a different flavor just to break me out of my libertarian bubble and all that. Uh, they say, this is so nice to see Bravo to everyone involved. Um, there's There's one here, though, that is just so out there. This one right here. Mutual Aid Mads. This is embarrassing. Politics is personal, and we're living through one of the most personal political moments of our lifetimes. Encouraging civility is missing the mark on the urgency of this moment. And it's especially hypocritical from you as a supporter of the president. Way to miss the point. Way to miss the point. And this is somebody who is, you know, a Utah organizer, writer, alleged paint buyer. Don't, I'm not diving into that. She, her, uh, and, and, uh, 12.6 followers, by the way, as well. Activists out there that just want to, instead of seeing this and thinking this is a good thing, you know, this is a good thing, it should be encouraged, let's tear it down. Let's be a part of the poo because, because obviously my agenda is more important than being civil. Um, look at this. Eddie Morrow, community organizer, former teacher, uh, hashtag climate, Green New Deal, UBI, whole nine yards for this fella. Uh, there is a better way, Utah is showing us how to disagree and compete. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, that they, these guys also did a number of interviews, um, about, about these ads. And, um. You know, some of these, you know, this is fantastic, very nice. Uh, as a high school teacher, is what I repeatedly try to explain to my students. Um, seriously thought, cheers, joy to my eye. Um, it's a nice thought, but Trump can't do it. His entire campaign is based on denigrated, demeaning, name-calling, and lies. Uh, we watched for almost four years. He has no respect for us. People, he works um, somebody like this is probably the type that says, hey, we have to vote straight ticket blue this year just to stiff it to the Republicans. Uh, so it, it's sad to say that despite the fact that something so positive in that ad can come out, people will still come out and poo all over it if they want to. Um, and that's sad. It's sad because that's not how politics should be. When if, if there's a candidate that you don't like, you have to tackle that can candidate on their issues, unless they have like a significant character flaw, like, like they are... You know, obviously, some of the things that Trump 
is, is attackable. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it and say it's not, but you shouldn't be striving to, it, it, it should be kept civil. If I disagree with a candidate, I need to attack that candidate on the issues Unless like unless they're like a known pedophile or something, you know they unless they've committed crime, uh, or something of that manner, you know unless they're really just they're just really a dirtbag. I, I can't I can't condone and justify just just being mean to people and just being mean over the things and not talking about the issues themselves either. Um, I'm looking for something. Uh. That I commented on with uh, one of the local races that's going on, and let me see here. I I, I apologize for it. Uh, here it is. So I had Anthony Del Colo on my show, and this is his opponent, Spiros for the seventh. All right, I don't know much about Spiros personally. Um, I do know of a company that he re- represented, and there was bad working conditions that were known by the company, and somebody ended up dying, and people ended up injured, and Spiros did, in fact, represent this company. And now he's t- touting about how he's for the workers and for the union people, but he fought for this big company that that he helped that company in this wrongful death and wrongful injury case. But that's beside the point. There's a Boxwood Road plant that used to be here in Delaware, a big GM plant, shut down years and years ago. The company, or, or the property has sat, festered, and rotted for years while government, uh, while the Delaware state government tried to bring in Fisker Auto, um, which failed uh, and sunk a lot of tax money into it. Finally, now Amazon has bought that property, the building's been torn down, and they're midway through building a brand new facility that's supposed to bring allegedly a thousand jobs into Delaware. So Spiros posted this yesterday, uh, quote, we're all glad to see the block boxwood plant redeveloped. However, where are the jobs for Delaware workers? Too many out-of-state license plates in the parking lot to truly benefit workers in this district. Stop right there. Because Probably what happened is this goes out to a contractor. And I don't know if that's on Amazon's part or the state's part. The state obviously, I think, had some business luring Amazon in. Probably. I don't know much about that. But what he's talking about right now, they're in the middle of construction. Construction's a temporary thing. It's it's a temporary, they're throwing up a building and then they're going to be gone. So it's not permanent jobs. Could it have gone to a Delaware company? Maybe it is a Delaware company and there's just a lot of out-of-staters working it. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a nitpick, if you ask me. Uh, meanwhile, my opponent is celebrating by putting up a billboard overhead to take credit. Anthony had that same billboard four years ago. He had the same billboard taken out four years ago in that same location. For his 2016 campaign. The location is a primary roadway. 141 in Delaware. Lots of high traffic volume. Lots of exposure 
to people that live in District 7 because it's in District 7. So, again, here's Spiro saying, oh, he's celebrating by putting up a billboard to take credit for it. No, he's not. He had the same billboard four years ago. So, again, you're grasping at straws with that. Um, but while I think... Or, but I think instead of credit-taking, we should be doing everything possible to make sure we're bringing in good-paying union jobs that can sustain Delaware working families, and that's what I'll do as senator. Do I come in and be nasty at this comment? No, I do not. Here's my rebuttal to him from a day ago. And I said, let's see exactly what your plan is to make private employers number one in Delaware while the state itself remains one of the largest employers. Because in Delaware, one of the largest employer, if not the largest employer, single sole employer in Delaware, is the state of Delaware itself. And that's problematic to me, by the way. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of out-of-state plates in the parking lot on a temp construction. At least the site itself is supposedly providing about a thousand permanent jobs, and Amazon starts those jobs at the minimum wage you want to be mandated across the board of its own accord. Spiros is right now championing the $15 minimum wage increase. I have yet to hear how it's not going to adversely affect small business or crush them, especially in the times of a pandemic where they can't be open and fully operational as they normally are. And our government's being oh so helpful in, in pushing out relief and aid for that, right? Right. So on top of that, I would love to hear your plan on how it won't adversely affect or crush small businesses in Delaware, which collectively represent about 46% of Delawareans. I said this to somebody, and they said, well, you just said Delaware is the, the state of Delaware itself is the largest employer. How can that be if 46% of Delawareans are employed by small businesses? Small businesses are individual. They're, collectively, 46% of Delawareans are employed through various small business. And by that, I mean like hundreds, if not thousands, of small businesses. Finally, finally. I still cannot stand any ad you push out about rich Republicans and politicians ruining things when this state has been hard blue for my entire lifetime and has many extremely long-tenured members. I'm not attacking Spiros, personally. I'm attacking his points. I'm attacking his points because you can sit there and you can say uh, $15 minimum wage and uh, uh, good union jobs. Um, but it's all talk if you don't provide a plan on how you're doing it, who you're going to work with. And from my view, Spiros has not done that. And he's also mocked. Anthony Del Colo's work ethic in being in contact with his constituents, in attending meetings that he's supposed to attend, to, that he's supposed to attend, uh, action groups that he's part of. Spiros laughed this off, so I'm just asking Spiros, where are you coming from? Spiros also talks about how there's a pack in Delaware that's um, backing Anthony Del Colo and dumping money into his campaign when Spiros himself has gotten campaign money from New Jersey from a company or a, a organization out of New Jersey he's gotten it from Pete Buttigieg's Win the Era Pack which is a nationwide pack that just raises money and then disperses it nationwide to different races of who they believe the good pro progressive politics are or politicians are 
And then Pete Buttigieg comes out and drops endorsement videos. I I don't know. I don't know where where that comes into play. I mean, I don't know how strong an endorsement from Pete Buttigieg is. Pete Buttigieg was um, under heavy scrutiny after the Iowa caucus debacle because uh, de- debacle because his campaign had money in the apps that were being used that were fucking up. Pardon my French, but Pete Buttigieg is bowing out of his mayor race, and now he's, in my mind, at least anyway, trying to find a way to stay relevant within the Democratic Party movement. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but if you're going to complain about local PAC money being raised for a candidate and not the PAC money that you're getting from outside of the state, it's kind of hypocritical. In my eyes. I'm just saying it. So. I got on a tirade there. But don't be nasty. I don't have to attack Spiros the person. I don't know Spiros the person. Other than that one court case. And representing the one company. Okay. And then at, at the end of the day. It's you know that was his job. I guess. But. That's the only point of contention I can bring up against him. But I'm not going to sit here and fling the poo or whatever. I'm going to question you. I'm going to question you. And if I question you, I would expect answers. And um, every time that I've done it, the the few times that I've done it, he's had nothing to say. He's had nothing to say, no reply. Um, which, you know, when Anthony was running and I reached out when he was running, he wasn't even in the spot yet, I got answers. I don't get answers from this fella. All I know is that for 30 years or more, he's been in politics, in, in lobbying. That's that's about it. That's about all I know. But he's the, he's the better guy, and Anthony's the bad dude. And the only real issue I can see them fighting against Anthony against is um, gun issues, but Anthony has passed legislation... Uh, to increase penalties for you know illegal gun purchases and, and other things of that nature. So I don't know what ground they have to stand on. I really don't. But that being said, nastiness in politics. You know, if 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 you're debating somebody, debate them on the issues. Question them on the issues. You know, when people say they want to raise minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, and you think it might not be the best idea, you don't you don't throw out you know, ad hominem attacks. You don't make fun of that person. You don't belittle them. You don't call them stupid. But you do press your concerns. If 46% of Delawareans are employed through small businesses, and small businesses are going to have to find a way to raise wages to $15 an hour, banging a gavel and doing it overnight without some kind of plan in place or figuring out how these companies can cope with that, that's a legit concern, is it not? A lot of people just want to say that, the, the, that it's easy. You just bang a gavel and make it happen, and then boom, everything will magically work. You know, Businesses won't falter and, and go out of business, and then you have somebody who was making a wage. It might have not have been $15 an hour, but they were making a wage. Now they're not making a wage. just a matter that I need answers on and I have yet to see somebody provide solid answers for me so uh, speaking of uh, thinking on the debates though because 
that's what brought this up the the hatred so this this last debate was was all right um it wasn't bad i thought they said they were going to be muting mics but i swear during it the mics were not muted at all but I, they didn't really need to be except for at you know maybe a handful of occasions towards the end of the debate of the debate uh but they they went up there they were mostly civil uh with each other mostly quiet and and they got through it um at this point, I'm, I, it wasn't a, like there's no game changer. I don't really think there's a game changer at all uh, at this point anymore. Uh, I think everybody's pretty well decided. A lot of places are doing early voting, so a lot of people have already voted. So um, what's what's going to get nasty because of our divisiveness is that people expect uh, on November third or November fourth, you know, the day after election day, people are expecting the results to be in like they normally are. And I just, I can't stress this enough. I'm very, very worried about what's going to happen because you're not going to go to bed election night with a clear picture of who's winning any race. And you're not going to wake up the next morning knowing who won the race. Um, a couple weeks ago, you asked me, I said it was going to be, you know, at least a month or better. Now that we're nearing the date, it might not be a month, but it's definitely going to be at least, I would say, a week before there's a clear picture and clear victory. And during that week, there's going to be a lot of instability and unrest that I really hope I'm just overthinking and overworried about. Uh, but I fear that that's what's going to be in play. I certainly hope not. I hope it's just my paranoia or my um, or my skepticism, but I'm just telling everybody when you hear somebody say, "and on November 3rd, that's when we're gonna shoot them down, um, shoot them down, and and pass that off because it's not it's not what's gonna happen." Um, it's just it's not gonna it's not gonna be like years prior. We're not gonna have those answers straight up. And and that should concern everybody. Everybody should be concerned about that. Uh speaking of debates though, obviously, uh oh hey, Fritz, you're a libertarian guy, right? So um Joe Jorgensen, obviously the libertarian candidate who is on the ballot in all fifty states. Will was not in the first debate, was not in this debate because the Commission on Presidential Debates doesn't uh well, they have standards. They have polling standards, fifteen percent minimum polling standards. And uh by the way, Joe Joe Jorgensen was featured in a whopping, I think, zero percent of those polls that were being used as the debate criteria. So Joe Jorgensen Obviously wasn't in the debate, but she posted this yesterday, and I saw this thing floating around, and I got a comment on it, just, just so it's out there. Uh, she, she, this is from her Facebook page. Uh, quote: Earlier today, I officially accepted the offer from the Committee for American Debate to appear in Chicago on the 29th. I look forward to a new chapter in American politics, wherein all viable candidates can make their case to the American voter fairly and equally. 
Stay tuned for more news about this historic event, hashtag election 2020. And that is from the official America's Debate, Committee for American Debates, Twitter, candidate Joe Jorgensen. We are pleased to invite you to the first ever American debate. It will be hosted in Chicago on October 29th and will be the only complete, completely honest debate featuring all candidates with 50 state ballot access. We hope you'll be there. Hashtag America's Debate. So what is this? What is this uh, Committee for Americans debate? Boom, here's the website. Um, as you can see, we already have links for contributing. If we go to the menu over here, we have 2020 debate, the petition, and contribute. Um, they do have a nice little fancied-up logo up here in the corner. And um, on the page, America's at a crossroads. Never before has our country faced a more critical choice. Millions of us will be going to the polls on November 3rd to choose the person to lead our country in what may be the most challenging four years in our nation's history. Uh, information is vital. Uh, America's debate. We're going to skip the information is vital part. Uh, America's debate. The Committee for American Debate is bringing together all three presidential candidates with 50 state ballot access for a moderated debate. This will be the first and only time every presidential candidate on the ballot will be together in one place at one time, except they're not being wholly genu genuine there. They're inviting all the candidates. It's not the first debate that will feature all three with 50 state ballot access. Um, in diving in deeper to this, um, if you go to the 2020 debate page, uh, it's, it claims the first complete debate uh, for the first time in 28 years uh, at the Pritzker Military Museum and Library in Chicago. All three candidates will face questions on an equal footing and provide answers side by side by side. And it says right here, you can see clearly Joe Biden pending confirmation. If you click that, it goes to Joe Biden's page. Um, if you click Joe Jorgensen's, who's confirmed, it'll take you to Joe Jorgensen's page and Donald Trump's pending confirmation as well. Uh, you can visit each of their pages and um, each of their pages. And it says, "Candidates, America awaits your response on Twitter." Hashtag America's debates. And it says, "Awaits your response on Twitter" because they formally invited via Twitter. That really makes me question. Really makes me question. Um, but their further their debate criteria is be constitutionally eligible to hold the office of the president of the United States and appear on all fifty state ballots plus the District of Columbia. It says here that they don't go off of polling data or anything of that, of that nature, and um, they're touting themselves as the only presidential debate of the twenty twenty campaign season that will give voters a complete picture of their options on November third. Their debate rules are outlined here, which says specific details regarding. Format and rules will be made available after they are agreed upon by the three candidates. Please sign our petition or contribute to join our contact list and be the first to know of new developments in this historic debate. What can I say of this other than I enjoy the enthusiasm, I really do, but the ambition, the, the ambition that... Uh, that you're going to create something of a competition against the Commission on Presidential Debates. Again, on, on a national scale, just like how the Libertarian Party gets sometimes, your overambition and aim for a national thing right up front to change something is a little foolhardy. 
I'm going to say it's a little foolhardy because this event, if it happens, is going to be Joe Jorgensen on a debate stage alone. That's how it's going to be because Joe Biden's not going to reply and Donald Trump's not going to reply. They did their last debate. They did their final debate. They're done. It's not going to happen. It's wishful thinking. I like the drive. I like the enthusiasm. I like the passion. I like I like the idea of a competition of a competitor going up against the commission of presidential debates because I think they're horrible. I think they I think that they mismanage these things horribly and it doesn't really matter that they mismanage these things horribly because they're the only ones that can provide the debates right now. And the campaigns have a lot of power in making that format and agreeing to the rules and agreeing to the moderators and agreeing to the news agencies. I don't like the Commission of Presidential Debates. I think if they horribly mismanage a debate, like some people were saying the first one was horribly mismanaged, nothing happened. There's no punishment for them. There's no punishment for them. They go on and they do the next debate. I like the idea of competition. Now, if I was running this Committee for American Debate, I would start on a very, very small scale. I would start, uh, since they say in Chicago, well, they're based in Texas. That's where their company's based. But uh, I would start... On localized levels, I would start by coming into a local race and saying, we're going to provide the debate stage for, you know, your state senator races or your state representative races or whatever. And invite all the candidates that are, that are out there. Invite the Republican, the Democrat, the Libertarian, the Green Party, what you know, the Independent, whatever. Invite them all and host a debate that way. And knock out debates and do them that way and prove that you have what it takes to be in the playing field, and then expand it across the nation to the degree that maybe you become maybe you become the top um, debate moderators for half of the races in the United States. If you do that, then you have a shot at going up against the Commission of Presidential Debates, but otherwise this just seems kind of stunty, and I don't... I, 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 I like parts of it, but I'm... I, I, at the end of the day... It's not going to make an impact at this at this juncture. It'll fizzle out, and because it has no plan, it just wants to be in the big. It wants to be in the big leagues, and it hasn't even mastered the minor leagues yet. I had to throw my two cents out there. I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm sorry if you guys are looking at it and thinking like, this is awesome. This is what we need. It is what we need, but it needs to be built up, not thrown out there at the last minute. Because what's the impact? You can't even you can't even really say gotcha because you know oh look Joe Biden and Donald Trump didn't even respond of course they didn't respond why would they respond that's all I'm saying about that that's all I'm saying about that so with that being said I think I've covered a, a, a various different topics today I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call a lid right now it's 8:45 p.m. It's way past when Joe Biden would call a lid on things. He would be calling a lid at about 11 o'clock in the morning. So I'm calling a lid. We're, we're, we're ending stuff now. Next week, like I said, tentatively scheduled Todd Hagopian on the program to uh, talk about his Oklahoma corporate commissioner race, uh, states of the Libertarian Party, and uh, quite possibly another venture he's working on as well. I look forward to being able to talk about it if he's up for talking about it um so that's coming up i do have um a couple other guests in the queue too getting ready to roll out because you guys are loving guest episodes and i love guest episodes as well 
because it gives me somebody else to bounce off of and have a dialogue, and it's really, really cool, and I appreciate it that. So, guys, that does it for me. Oh, it doesn't do it for me uh, because I want you to check out something new. This right here is the first official website of FritzCast. Usually I throw out link trees or my social media and all that. Finally, I have a website um, for the FritzCast Network. That's what I'm calling it. FritzCast Network. FritzCast.webnode, W-E-B-N-O-D-E.com. Uh, I'm very, very much considering buying the domain outright, so it can just be FritzCast.com, which i more professional easier to remember uh but the podcast has a page now and uh it has like things like my twitter feed up here look at this yes trump pence we can't lock ourselves up in a basement like joe does this is getting out of hand this is getting out of control uh so you can see the stupid things i post on twitter <laughs> um like this episode a chance for unity this will be the cover art for the episode today uh you can see my twitter feed on there but uh it explains what the podcast is, how I'm a top 35 must-listen-to uh, program. It has an About Me section, and this is going to be constantly tweaked and updated and worked on um, over the next couple of days, uh, over the next week or so. Um, the latest podcast episodes, this is uh, the entire playlist of, of FritzCast episodes that are available that started on the YouTube. See, there's Anthony Del Cole's episode from last week. Uh, later today, tomorrow, the new episode will be down here. Uh, I got a button for the Pod Chaser to take you to the my Pod Chaser page. Uh, I'm working on this to make it look better, so you can click for the Apple um, links. And there's more on here too, like uh, Fritz's recommendations. Uh, these are just some shows and people I listen to. You can click them, go to their links, see what they're up to, uh, which will also be updated consistently. And then a contact form where you can get in contact with me via email, uh, Facebook, Twitter. This will be updated as well. I'm even toying with the idea uh, because I've been thinking about getting into politics on a local level. I've been thinking about putting a campaign section in there and just campaign talk and ideas and thoughts that I would have uh, just to see how people react to it and stuff. So if you get a chance, fritzcast.webnode.com. Check out the website and pass it on too. Tell people, tell your friends, tell your family about it. Uh, but other than that, that does it for me. So, and as you can see from my new little bar down here too, you can see facebook.com. I'm pointing at the wrong direction. Right, right here, right here. Facebook.com slash uh, Fritzcast podcast, which that's actually inaccurate. I have to update that. It's the Fritzcast, and uh, Twitter at FritzQS, where you can follow me, and then um, you'll get me if you just type in Fritzcast in Google. It pops up. I'm there. So it's easy as that. So remember, I love you guys, and I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>